you know, the product is one thing. Yeah, I sell a brand, but at the end of the day, you're selling a relationship. Welcome to Pencil Leadership. I'm Chris Anderson, success and lifestyle coach, and this show is to help you build a life of fulfillment and leave a positive mark on the world. So if you're ready, take out your pencils and let's begin. Milton Berle said, if opportunity doesn't knock, build a door. And Napoleon Hill said, your big opportunity may be right where you are now. We have Lexi Vasquez on the show. And she is an experienced accounts manager with success despite labels of age and even being a woman. So if you're dealing with some of the same things, this episode is for you. And don't forget to share this on your Instagram and tag me at chris.t.anderson and subscribe to the show so you don't miss future episodes. You started working at the age of 15, is that right? Yep, yep, 15. My dad put me in his office. Man. Okay. (laughs) That's crazy. I guess I would love for you to kind of share maybe a little bit about your backstory, about your journey and how it's gotten you to where you are today, if you would like. Yeah, of course. So basically I started when I was 15. I was a sophomore in high school. I was going to school during the day, playing soccer and going to work pretty much. I started as an admin, basically helping his operations manager with day-to-day tasks, you know, filing, stuff like that. And worked my way up. I actually ended up going into the warehouse at one point. Then he finally, at about 16 years old, 17 years old, when I could actually, you know, work more full time, he put me on the phone as a telemarketer. So one of the biggest obstacles there is being a 16 year old calling strangers. And, you know, they're constantly going to be like, are you even legal to be speaking to me right now? (laughs) So that was definitely one of the biggest setbacks when it came to sales, just starting so young, but it also Mm. pushed me. And I wanted to go ahead and get his client base. I wanted to work with him and his clients. So telemarketing, I actually ended up doing so well at it that he gave me that position of telemarketing for his current customers and like expanding his client base. And that's how I started. By the time I was 19, I closed actually a $100,000 deal. on my own. And I purchased my first home. Wow. At 19. (laughs) At 19. 19. I don't even want to think about what I was doing at 19, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) So that's really impressive. And I think I said in your second year of sales, closed like $1.2 million. Yeah. In 2019, 2019 (laughs) was my second year of sales. I closed 1.2 million in the state of Florida and we did profit about 750,000. And that, that made me the number one sales rep in the state of Florida for that company. I was actually working for a national company at the time when my father sold his business. He was no longer there, but I basically got to manage his 400 client base wow. at the age of 18. Yeah. So my first year I did 950 and my second year I did 1.2. And Jeez. now I actually I ended up opening my own company. Okay. So I'm doing that now, which is great. It's been, we're going to make a year in July. And it's amazing. Can't complain when it comes to that. It's much better. Yeah. So what is your business now that you started? It's the same thing that I was doing prior. I sell multifunction printers. I do IT, managed phone service, stuff like that. Just pretty much for every business. Just trying to basically grant everybody the potential, get their potential of their business to the full max that they are able to. Going back just to your story so far, I mean, not that long ago. So you've got so much more potential coming, I can imagine. 
What was that like starting out? What were some of those really hard moments starting out on the phone at 16? I mean, just being in sales alone, I think everyone can relate that there's so much rejection. Yeah. There's so much rejection. So especially being at 16, I could actually tell you that when I was 16, I really did not. I have a very... Not attitude, but I was a know-it-all. I thought I knew it all. It was very humbling to be rejected so many times on the phone. So I would make like 60 calls a day and I would probably get like one or two meetings out of that, if that. It was like I said, it was a very humbling experience and it taught me that it's all a numbers game and you really have to push mm. yourself. So was there anyone that any stories that stick out in your mind of like calls that were just like terrible that you're like, maybe I don't want to ever do this again? Like anything stick <laughs> out? Yeah. So at one point I was calling a customer called Barton G's, which is a pretty big restaurant in Miami. It's BGW. They have like huge props when it comes to their like food. Like they'll do, for example, I actually went there for my birthday a few years ago. And when the birthday cake comes out, they have like a hundred dollar, like massive bill that they put with it, like massive props, super impressive, awesome restaurant. You guys should check out if you ever are in Miami, but that call went horribly. To the point that when I called, I stumbled upon what I was actually supposed to say. And you have a script, but you don't want to sound like a robot. So at one point, I pretty much didn't even give them the right phone number to call back. Oh, no. It was embarrassing, embarrassing. Uh. I was so nervous. It was one of my first calls. But I did call them about two years later. And I got the owner's cell phone number off of like the receptionist. And my dad ended up closing that deal. I didn't. I was still too young, but he ended up, we still ended up managing to get them as a client, which is pretty impressive. That's cool. And that kind of goes to show sometimes the process takes a little time. I mean, it might not always get a client the first time, but you keep Mm -hmm. touching base, keep adding value and they come back around. Exactly. Um, so that's that. Yeah, I'm sure there are a lot of stories like that. Maybe oh, starting horrible. out. I still have some rough calls. To be honest. Oh, I'm, yeah. Did you ever get chewed out or like, did anyone ever give you a hard time? Maybe because of you sounding young or because you're a woman. I hate. I mean, I'm sure it happens, unfortunately, but. Well, surprisingly, in the sales industry, when it comes to people, the phone calling is easier. Okay. And I'm not trying to sound sexist at all. I mean, uh-huh. it's a male dominated industry. That's not a secret. Yeah, But when it's a woman calling, mm-hmm. it's more of, it's not like an aggressive approach to say, say okay. the least, but I have gone and shoot out. I, I've been huh. hung up on, I've been told off, cursed at, don't put, take me off the list. Like that, that, my favorite line has to be the, are you even legal to do this? Are you, yeah, I've heard it all, heard it all. Wow. Are you still in high school? And then some people are impressed and they do ask you your age. And then they're like, okay, call me when you have a little bit more experience. So there's that too. Yeah. But I would say ageism has been, there's the people that take the meeting and then you show up and they're like, they do a double take and they're either uh. impressed or they're, you know, there's pretty much they're either impressed or they're more shy to the fact of accepting it. They feel like, you know, they want someone older, more knowledgeable. And then yeah. when they actually give me the chance, they're like, okay, well, she actually knows her stuff. So it's pretty much just opening that barrier and giving them like that trust. You just have to keep pushing. It's like I said, mm-hmm. all the numbers game. You can't let the rejection set you back. For sure. And two great things right there. You said, about not letting the rejection set you back and also like having to overcome those biases and those like just kind of those mindsets of people already. So for the first one, how did you 
get around or get through to people when they might have said, wow, you're too young to be doing this? Did you ever find something that worked to show people or to get through to them? Like, hey, listen, yes, I'm young, but I'm going to be the best thing for you kind of thing. Pretty much. I basically, I try to relate to them. I'm like, look, we all start somewhere. We've all started somewhere. I've been in this industry for X amount of time. And now it's been eight years. So I still get those. You still sound too young. I still tell the market. (laughs) You just have to pull on their heartstrings a little bit. You know, some people have kids, so they're more to hear you out. But then there are those executives that don't want anything to do with you. And that's when you have to be like, look, I know what you have. I know I can help you. Just give me the opportunity to prove to you that I am able to help you. And I am able to get your company to reach its full potential. And then they start... You have to basically come with a point of how you're going to help them, yep. how you can improve and benefit their business. Yeah. I think that's key to just for any position you're starting at whatever age, just becoming the expert, like just diving in and knowing so much of what the process is, what they're looking for and making yourself stand out because you do know your stuff so well. I think that really speaks a lot, no matter what your age is or anything like that. Yeah, of course. Of course. And I feel like that's not just my industry, just given across the board, Mm -hmm. like you were saying. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think that's just kind of the professionalism as well, that people see that, okay, Lexi knows what she's talking about. (laughs) I feel like you most likely came with that posture of confidence as well, right? Of course. And that energy, even if you're so nervous, we all have those, you know, I still, I deal with major accounts sometimes so for mm. the most part. And I dealt with 400 client base. I did deal with big accounts and you can't show them your weaknesses. You have to go in like you own the place and you're yeah. going to help them. And you're an equal, even if, you know, it's your first day on the job that goes across the board, even interviews. If you're interviewing with someone, you have to show that confidence. You have to show that you know what you're doing and you're here to help them. Mm. You know, you can't come in with a certain type of attitude either. You have to, you know, just be yourself for the most part. That also pulls through. If you're yourself and you feel comfortable in your own body and your own energy. Yeah. That really, really shows through and yeah. people see that and people that, want to help people as well. That authenticity kind exactly. of going through. And with that posture of confidence coming in there, I'm sure that helps somewhat with the rejections you do face. Did that correlate to maybe rejections not being so bad or did you just have to build that tough skin over time? I had definitely had to build that tough skin over time. I mean, I've gone through various obstacles as a young kid. I mean, I was bullied. Mm. Uh, I was a pretty independent person from a young age, divorced parents. I can go on. So I always did have tough skin, but it's a whole different ballgame when you're getting, you're calling people and they're either like, we're not interested, go F yourself, (laughs) (laughs) stop calling me. But if you're consistent and you see, It's all about consistency. Once you see that you're actually accomplishing what you're setting out to do, that gives you your own confidence there, Mm. thereafter. And I'm very, very comfortable in my skin. Yeah. I've never shied from that, which is great. So that definitely helped. But I'm at the point that I do talk to different sales reps. I do have a lot of friends that are trying to break into this industry. And my ultimate goal is obviously to train and to build my team on my own, which I was starting with the previous company I worked with. So I do want to help people in that retrospect. And the first thing and the biggest thing I have to tell you is getting comfortable with rejection. Mm-hmm. Because even without a job, you're going to face rejection one way yeah. or another. Whether yeah. it's a relationship, family, 
anything, you're going to face rejection. So it's just being comfortable and pushing through and knowing that you are enough and you are important and you are valued. Absolutely. It's so crucial to be able to do that, be able to push through and know your worth apart from whatever the world says about you, whatever that guy or that gal says about you. Because at the end of the day, it's us knowing ourselves and knowing that potential, like pencil leadership, knowing your true potential and what you're created uniquely for and understanding no matter what someone says, that doesn't carry truth to that. It's the truth that's inside you. Exactly. Exactly. Couldn't have said it better myself. (laughs) Yeah. So were there anything that you did in particularly that helped you see kind of your worth and see yourself outside of what people were giving you rejection about? Like, I know you said you were bullied and things growing up. So how did you go about finding kind of that worth inside you? That's a good question. And basically, I don't shy from therapy. I do think therapy is great. But I also was a very like team player when it came to that sense as well. So I wrote in journals. I did all of that. When it comes to business, how I basically strayed away from like that type of rejection is any little win from that day, any little win, I would write it down. I have a huge, massive whiteboard in my office right in front of me. And I write down the simplest of wins. You know, even if it's just getting that appointment and not necessarily closing the deal, it's just the little, little wins. And also consistency. I track my consistency. You know, each day I do 60 calls. And even if I don't get through any or I don't get any success from those 60 calls, that's still a step in the right direction. And I still am accomplished by that. And then when I close a deal, even better, you know, that's putting it on a list of things that are success because just the littlest of things, you mm-hmm. know, can grant you that self-confidence, like getting the color of hair done that you want, putting <laughs> on like makeup or not putting on makeup and just getting like feeling good in yourself, putting on that outfit that day. It's just making yourself comfortable in your own skin and working out. That's another one. That's a major Mm. one for people. Some people get that self-confidence from working out. It's really going back to feeling like you're good. You're okay. You're happy. Yeah. And choosing that, I think is a big one because I mean, we can have a lot of things happen to us and sometimes these negative things kind of propel us forward. And give us that motivation to really build on that. But yeah, I think celebrating the small ones is huge. I talk to podcasters all the time who are trying to grow and monetize their shows. And it's like, you got to celebrate all the small wins too, because that helps you start to then pick up momentum. That's why I tell people, and obviously I didn't come up with this, but making your bed first thing in the morning, because you have that win, like the first thing you've accomplished that goal and can celebrate that. And it just compounds throughout the rest of the day. Exactly. Like morning routines and eating breakfast is another one. Mm. A lot of people skip breakfast. Even if you have just a granola bar, you know, it's a win. Right. And you have to focus on that, especially now with COVID. There's just so Mm. much negative energy out there and negative things that are going on. But we have to, you know, stay positive and especially with the unexpected, because everything is eventually going to be okay and it's all going to resolve itself. I'm a very big advocate for everything happens for a reason. So that's me too. major for yeah. me. Everything is going to happen, but you do have to help yourself in this. If you don't yes. put in the work, then you're not going to accomplish anything. Yeah, we have to. We can't just expect things to just happen and be all good and work out if we're not taking the action. It's just like hoping that you lose weight or you get stronger without working out or doing anything like that. Exactly. Yeah. So do you celebrate the wins, which is huge. Do you also have a certain, I know you say you do 60 calls a day. Do you have other kind of milestones or goals that you have written down on maybe that whiteboard that keep you focused? 
Yeah. So each quarter, I give myself basically a number that I want to hit. Okay. For example, at least 300 calls a week, but I need to get at least five appointments, one per each day. I definitely want to hit more than that, but that's, you know, you have to also start small. So you can't just automatically, like, for example, if you're going to work out, you can't just automatically say, I'm going to work out every single day. It's not realistic. You have to set little goals. Like, for example, I'm Mm going to work out twice this week and then work yourself way up. That's the same thing with what I had to do. I basically worked my way up. I started at 30 calls a day and then my ultimate goal was 60 and then getting like, you know, when you're working with a base already, I had 400 clients. So I was constantly busy, but now I'm starting completely fresh. So you have to start small and work your way up. And that's a major journey I will advocate for people Mm. is start small. Don't jump into the deep end and automatically think you're going to accomplish it because you're not going to create a routine that way. That's a great point. It's like when you hear about the SMART goals being attainable and you mentioned again, you're basically almost kind of starting over with your own business. What challenges maybe did you not expect when starting your business after coming out from what you're doing before? Well, I also started the business in the middle of COVID. Right. I understand (laughs) that that one. That wasn't smart. (laughs) That one wasn't smart. Uh, But it has a lot of different, like I'm facing a lot of obstacles that I didn't have to face before. Like, for example, managing all of operations. And then also, you know, the clients before were really comfortable with the service team. And now I can't just sell me. I have to sell this whole business. Because it's easy to just look up my LinkedIn and see, okay, she's only been in business for eight months and we're a service provider. So we provide everyone's IT, the businesses, coffee machines, all of that, anything for a business, the phones. So it's like, how are we going to trust you with our biggest things? If we can't call our customers, if we can't use our computers, if we can't, you know, print our jobs, how are we going to be productive and how can we trust you in that sense? So yeah, that's definitely, I'm not just selling myself anymore. I'm selling a whole company and that's been a huge obstacle. But on the bright side, social media marketing is such a big thing now. And people see my history on LinkedIn and people see, you know, I'm not just another sales rep just knocking on their door, soliciting yeah. them. Right. So that's a big thing. And I'm a big also advocate for social media marketing. That was my major. Okay. And I got my bachelor's in, in marketing. So that's awesome. So if people are starting out from scratch, do you have any tips as far as that goes to how to start building that successfully or at least positioning yourself as the expert? Definitely. So what you want to do first off is you need to basically build your background. So Mm -hmm. build yourself first. And then when you're coming with the company, when you're building the company, you already have such a reliable source of yourself. People know and trust you. So that's... The biggest thing when establishing trust with people, you just have to follow through on your word. You just the simplest things like your word is your biggest thing. Your reputation is your biggest thing. And it takes a lifetime to build your reputation in five minutes to basically break it. So you have to follow through on your word and it gets out there. You know, you get even from customers that I no longer work with that I can't really work with because I you know, had an all-compete. So I no longer work with, they still send me business. And they're like, I know we can't work with you, but yeah. So your word is your biggest thing. You know, the product is one thing. Yeah, I sell a brand. But at the end of the day, you're selling a relationship. Yeah. Someone that can trust you, that can call you, and they know Mm. that you're going to get the job done. And that's what you need to sell. It's a relationship. That's 
you know, you need to offer. Yes, you have to rely on the product and you have to sell great products, which I do. I love HP and I work with mm-hmm. Xerox as well, but HP is my biggest asset. I adore them. Yeah. But having a reliable machine is great, but having reliable service is more important because there's also the biggest thing with user error when it comes mm-hmm. to people and technology not understanding it too much. So yeah. they call you for like, hey, how do I restart my printer? You know, how do I restart <laughs> my computer? And trusting your team. That's another thing. When they trust your team and I have a great team. I have a business partner I used to work with for years and I actually brought him on board with me and he is excellent. Couldn't have done it without him. You know, just having a solid foundation and having a solid home and team at home as well. Yeah, those are great points. Just building that trust and it's a relationship. And sometimes here it's an experience. You're selling an experience or a relationship. And I think it's that sometimes we get caught up when we're building a business and like the bells and the whistles and all the little add-ons, but it's like the result that people want from it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. People just, they're willing to give you the opportunity as long as they can trust you. Mm, As long as they can trust you realistically and trust, you know, it's built over time, but If you're consistently reaching out to them and you're consistently proving to them that you are the best at what you do, it's going to come hand in hand. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that also goes just to being giving, just being able to add value however you can freely. And I think it comes back to you. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, having great products also helps. For sure. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You can't do a lot of that with really, really crappy products. People will trust you, but if it's crappy, they're like, "Eh, maybe I don't trust you. So yeah, it's like, why'd you put this in my office? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So 2021, I mean, you started eight months ago. Do you got big plans, big goals for this year? Well, this is our first real year in business. Yeah. So I do definitely have huge goals for that. I'm also still in the process. I finished remodeling my home last year, but now wow. I'm on to like the backyard and painting it. <laughs> So that's a big one. But right now, yeah, I'm focusing on building the business. I want to cool. go get my master's. So I'm working on all of that. I'm a person that I have to stay busy. I have to keep busy. There's no matter what, I have to keep busy. So yeah. but the biggest thing is, yeah, growing, growing the client base, making that impact, you know, and getting my name out there. So that's, that's so definitely awesome. a big one. I mean, you have the experience. You have the, I mean, Yahoo Finance writing articles about you. So that's amazing. Super grateful for you, Lexi, being on here and sharing just about your journey, about what you've done and how we can improve our own journeys through that. But before we do kind of say goodbye, I ask this question of all my guests and the fifth trade of pencil leadership is that we're all created uniquely and with a purpose to leave a positive mark on the world. And so with that being said, when everything is done for you here on earth, what do you hope your mark is? Honestly, I go back and forth with this question on how exactly I wanted to basically answer it. But what the biggest thing is, I just want to share my voice and have people share their voice, feeling comfortable with sharing their voice. You know, everyone has some sort of message they want to share with the world. There are many ways to convey your feelings, whether it be writing, singing, drawing, etc. It may be scary, but the first step is having the courage to share your experiences and perspectives with others. Mm. And you'd be surprised how many people can relate to you. You know, you owe it to yourself to be remembered. It's just taking that one first step. So I hope that my legacy is basically just letting people feel comfortable in their skin and being able to share their voice and have that confidence within themselves as we were talking about earlier. Yeah, that's awesome. I love it. 
you're on your way doing that just from how you share now and allow people to see that through you. So great work. Keep it up. We're so grateful again to have you on the show today. Thanks for being on. Where can people connect with you best at to see what you're doing? And maybe who knows, maybe they need some HP products. (laughs) The biggest and best way to reach out to me is through LinkedIn. My LinkedIn is just Lexi Vasquez. And I do have Instagram as well, underscore Lexi Vasquez. So that's a great outlet, but that's more for like my personal side, which Mm. you're welcome to follow as well. Yeah. Uh, All you're going to see is mostly my reconstruction of my house, travel, (laughs) and my dogs. But (laughs) business-wise, definitely LinkedIn. That's a big advocate for that. And we also have a website, which is pretty easy. TMT.support. Just think of the money team. (laughs) And I'm grateful for being able to be a guest on here. I really like this podcast. I listen to it quite often. So thank you. Thank you again. (laughs) Yeah, no problem. Everybody go check out what you doing? get connected with Lexi and just follow her journey. And again, Lexi, thank you so much for being on Pencil Leadership. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I hope it brought you value. If it did, leave a rating and review on whatever platform you listen to your podcast. This actually helps us get this in front of more people so we can leave a bigger mark and then share this with someone, someone that it could bring value to so you can make a difference in their life as well. Now let's go out and be pencil leaders.